When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Would the Steelers ever pay Patrick Mahomes tight money? Don't hold your breath. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Hey, that idea of the Steelers as NFL misers is a bygone trope that just won't die. The Pittsburgh team founded for 2500 bucks, won in a poker game, does pony up and pay its stars, and they have the salary cap troubles to prove it. But would they ever go as far as the Kansas City Chiefs just did in locking up quarterback Patrick Mahomes to a 10-year extension worth up to $500 million? Yes, I just said nearly a half billion dollars to one player. Granted, Mahomes is a generational quarterback, but that's a lot of money. Moreover, it leaves less money for all the players who must surround Mahomes, both on offense and defense. All that said, it's a dilemma the Steelers surely would love to have. Because to pay Patrick Mahomes money, you first must draft and develop a Patrick Mahomes-type player, then surround him with the coach's scheme and supporting cast to shine all the way to a Super Bowl. The Steelers? Hey, they lack a reliable replacement for aging Ben Roethlisberger. Worse, they aren't even looking for that replacement passing on a quarterback in the draft and in free agency in 2020. So your football team in Pittsburgh won't be doling out a half billion dollars anytime soon. But what other team might? We explore these intriguing questions in this edition of the Steelers Update Podcast, and it's packed with all the latest updates on player protest plans for the coming season, with the NFL just adding the Black National Anthem to be played before games. But just how many fans will be at those games due to the coronavirus? We have all the latest. And oh yeah, we celebrate a true Steelers milestone as we look back at the concrete cookie cutter the team once called home. I'm talking about Three Rivers Stadium which would have turned 50 years old had it not met with the wrecking ball back in 2001. It is gone, but definitely not forgotten. And we have some of the greatest Steelers memories, which were made on that artificial turf. So let's get right to it. Well, who could be the next to pocket Mahomes' money? His deal is worth at least $477 million in guarantee mechanisms, and it includes a no-trade clause and an opt-out clause if those guarantee mechanisms aren't met. 
all this according to the Associated Press, which adds the total value of the extension is 503 smackaroonies. It just happens to be the richest contract in professional sports history, not just NFL history, professional sports history, as the Mahomes deal passes Mike Trout's $426.5 million deal with the LA Angels. All this, and the Chiefs still had their 2018 NFL MVP quarterback under contract for the next two seasons, but clearly that was not enough. Mahomes is now locked in for a decade. But of course, records are made to be broken. And players love nothing more than shattering so-called salary records by demanding ever more. So, who could possibly best Mahomes? Well, many are saying that quarterback Lamar Jackson down in Baltimore is the next in the Mahomes mold who could merit that kind of coin. But to land a Moby Dick contract like that, a quarterback must be at precisely the right moment of his career, the right moment of his development, and the team's development. Mahomes clearly was coming off a comeback win in the Super Bowl. What about Jackson? Well, here's how Aaron Kaznitz with Penn Live described the parallels and the lack thereof. Quote, Parallels between Mahomes and Jackson are imperfect, but difficult for Baltimore fans to ignore. Mahomes won MVP and led the league in touchdown passes in 2018, his second NFL season and his first full year as a starter. Jackson replicated those feats in 2019. Both quarterbacks carry unique talents and play under the guidance of creative coaching staffs. Both are younger than 25. Jackson can hope they'll soon both be among the highest paid athletes in United States history. Jackson did, after all, break the single-season NFL record for rushing yards as a quarterback and the franchise record for touchdown passes in the same year. And with Jackson at the helm of the Ravens' offense, Baltimore scored more points than any team in the NFL in 2019 and ended the regular season on a 12-game winning streak. My comment is, oh yeah, they ran into a buzzsaw in the playoffs and Jackson looked like a shell of his former self, but I digress. Of course, Kasnitz note that the Ravens cannot, under league rules, come to any contract agreement with their quarterback before the end of the 2020 season because he's still in his rookie deal. But we can stay tuned because there is a whopping decision that awaits down in Baltimore regarding Jackson. Personally, I'd love to see the Ravens sink that kind of coin in Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's worth it. And it would tear apart other portions of their solid team, including that stout Ravens defense. Surely Jackson is going to want that kind of cash, and certainly he and his agents are already salivating over not just getting paid, but breaking Baltimore's bank. But I feel Jackson has a long way to go in measuring up the Mahomes and his record-breaking deal. 
Moreover, Baltimore might not be in a position to pay that kind of king's ransom because the salary cap could be actually going down in 2020. That's because the NFL revenues are expected to shrink due to the coronavirus, which will limit stadium capacity and therefore NFL ticket sales this season. In fact, NFL reporter Tom Pellicero reports the NFL Players Association informed its board of representatives that the NFL is proposing a 35% of player salaries be held in escrow to help manage costs during the 2020 season, all per sources. It's one option on the table if revenue is impacted league-wide by COVID-19, unquote. As for the Steelers, even if we set aside their quarterback quandary beyond Big Ben, Art Rooney's team likely would never pay that kind of cash to one player, even a quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger was fairly paid by the Steelers throughout his career, and that has included two Super Bowl wins and three appearances. But Big Ben has never made the biggest bucks in all of the league. The team founded on Rooney's card game winnings will never pay a player the most money in the league. It's that simple. The Steelers would much prefer to be in the middle of the pack when it comes to paying any one player. That's because their focus is collecting more Lombardis than the rest of the league with the collection of players they put together as a team. The winning mix, if you will. And that can rarely be achieved when one of the key ingredients of money is too heavily concentrated in one player or at one position. There are 22 starters who need to be paid, more when you consider special teams, and it takes reliable backups to reach the Super Bowl as the NFL is the ultimate test of attrition. A team's salary resources will never be distributed evenly. Stars will get paid, and they will get paid handsomely. The Steelers reward their stars very richly. But there has to be a balance, and there are lines and salary numbers the Steelers just will not cross. There's another guy who wouldn't pay that kind of money either. He's up in New England. His name is Bill Belichick, and he's done pretty well at getting his star quarterback to take less money throughout his career while piecing together championship teams with draft picks, free agents, and plenty of spare parts, all without ever setting NFL contract records. After all, those records will never be placed in a trophy case. But New England's Steelers matching six Lombardies surely are. Alas, the Steelers haven't been nearly as successful as New England and Belichick in finding that perfect mix of all the right players in all the right places, making just the right amounts of money. But they're working on it. Let the Chiefs shatter salary records, and let's see what that eye-popping contract does to the rest of the team. It's already bought lots of banner headlines that will only make a lot of players really jealous. Plenty of Chiefs are going to be bucking for raises, but there won't be nearly enough money to go around. In fact, here's how Paul Zeise, writing for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, framed the inevitable decline of Mahomes' supporting cast in light of his newly outsized salary. Quote, Mahomes will be on a team that's going to have to make some difficult choices with salaries and free agents 
every year. It is going to be harder for the Chiefs to keep their Super Bowl roster together, and he could be trying to carry a flawed team with some holes in the roster to a Super Bowl title, and that is not easy to do. I'm not saying Mahomes won't win another Super Bowl or two. He is obviously a superstar talent capable of doing a lot of special things. I'm just saying it won't be as easy as some think it will be because the Chiefs will have to be creative to figure out how to build a Super Bowl caliber team around him every year. I've already seen some claiming this ensures the Chiefs will win three or four or five of the next 10 Super Bowls. Let's pump the brakes on this a little bit, unquote. Now, Mahomes' money is not a concern in Pittsburgh, but plenty is. This includes the prospects of player protests on racism and police brutality throughout the season, and it will take place both on the field and perhaps even on player uniforms. Meanwhile, the NFL will play the Black National Anthem before games this season. Here's a roundup of all the latest on this front based on reporting by the Associated Press and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which writes, quote, Lift every voice and sing, known traditionally as the Black National Anthem, will be performed live or played before the Star-Spangled Banner prior to each NFL game during Week 1, and the league is considering putting names of victims of police brutality on helmet decals or jersey patches, all this, according to the Associated Press, based on a person familiar with the ongoing discussions. That source said the league is working with players to recognize victims of systematic racism throughout the season in a variety of ways. Of course, we remember the NFL announced it is committing $250 million over 10 years to social justice initiatives, targeting what it calls, quote, systematic racism, unquote, and supporting, quote, the battle against the ongoing and historic injustices faced by African Americans, unquote. That announcement by the league came in wake of nationwide protest sparked by the death of George Floyd this spring. And it's something that fans will have to acknowledge recognize and get used to. This is a new NFL with a new mission combating racism and police brutality. But we still don't know how many actual fans will be in the stands this fall due to the coronavirus. If reports out of Green Bay, a hotbed of football fandom to say the least, are any indication we might all be shocked by just how sparsely the stadium crowds will be. Pro Football Talk reported on the recent letter to season ticket holders from Packers President CEO Mark Murphy. It reads in part, quote, At this time, the team is preparing to have fans in attendance with new policies and safety measures to allow for appropriate social distancing, which require the stadium's seating capacity to be significantly reduced. Face coverings also will be required and other necessary precautions will be in place. As a result, the special experience to which fans are accustomed at Lambeau Field will look and feel very different, unquote. Wow, that is an understated way of saying that 
everything, virtually everything about the stadium experience is going to change due to the coronavirus. League-wide, the NFL was considering asking fans to sign a waiver and wear masks. And of course, even as this planning goes on, both at the league level and the team level, the bottom line is this. Everything is subject to change. And how? Hey, it all makes you pine for the days of yesteryear. In Pittsburgh, that means the grand concrete cookie cutter known as Three Rivers Stadium. It would be celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. And I'll tell you, it was a hell of a place to see a football game. Baseball, not so much, but football, it was mint. I compare it to a witch's cauldron. It bubbled with an intoxicating brew of Steelers emotions that boiled over on Sundays with Pittsburgh passion. Oh yeah, and there was some actual brew involved too. Lots of it, in fact. Fans swilled gallons of Iron City so their beer-filled guts were ready to roar come kickoff. How sweet it was. So with Three Rivers celebrating its 50th year, we look back at some great tidbits about that old concrete cookie cutter. Ground was broken in 1968 and it opened in the middle of the Pirates' 1970 season, replacing warm, fuzzy Forbes Field, as the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reports, adding, quote, Three Rivers is where the Pirates became a family. Roberto Clemente picked up his 3,000th hit and Willie Stargell windmilled his bat and mashed homers. It's where Franco Harris immaculately caught the ball. Terrible towels waved, and Car Par got the job done. But it wasn't just sports. Three Rivers saw Elton John and Billy Joel together. The Rolling Stones make their much-anticipated Pittsburgh return when they rolled into town on steel wheels in 1989, and the Grateful Dead rattled off rain songs when the skies opened in 1995, unquote. But in the year 2001, it all came crashing down. The implosion of Three Rivers Stadium occurred on February 11, 2001. They blew up the concrete donut to make way for the big ketchup bottle, Heinz Field. It would be football only from now on, but Heinz Field was open-ended and not nearly as loud. It didn't create that witch's cauldron that was unmatched at Three Rivers Stadium. And I and many fans missed that old cauldron where Pittsburgh passions boiled over and bubbled like nowhere else on earth. Rest in peace, Three Rivers. Rest in peace. We will remember you always and fondly, and with a toast of Iron City, as always. And that is your Steelers update for now. Download the podcast each and every Wednesday, wherever you download your favorite audio. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.